I could definitely pass as a college student. What are you talking about? Brenna, you can barely pass as a 31-year-old woman. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Welcome to Subscurity, the podcast about obscure subcultures. I'm Brenna. And I'm Jordan. And today we're talking about Spartan Madball. Did your alma mater have any specific traditions or kind of um, just things that the student body would do every year that you in particular participated in? God, you know what's really weird is I'm kind of blanking like what did i feel like there probably was and it's not coming to me so i just i guess as a sidebar to kind of deviate from your question (laughs) immediate hard pivot (laughs) don't care what you want to talk about let me tell my story um yeah i'm not one of those people who has like stayed in touch as an alumni with my school in fact i've written them unkind letters um based on their handling of like the coronavirus and a couple other things um but like once I really am not that engaged, but I really like, I'm not one of those people who like stays in touch with, you know, my college network. I have a couple college friends, but like, I don't, I'm not one of those people who's like, was ever in, so ingrained in the culture that right. I want to relive my college. Like, I don't know. That's and not that interesting to me. So to answer, to get to your actual question. You went to a small school though. Like yeah. relatively. Yeah. 4,000 undergrad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, you've got a, you had a community you could be in touch with if you, if you chose to. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I do keep in touch with my close friends, but like right. we don't bond over, I don't know. It's not like a speaking point for us. And I feel like for some people, they reminisce on the college years. But at any rate, did we have like an annual thing that we would partake in? I'm blanking, like, probably, but like nothing major comes to mind. We also weren't like, since we were small, we didn't have, um, like major events. Like we were D2 for sports. We were big at basketball, but that was about it. And then, what yeah. did the school? What was the school like focused on from, was it just a general, cause it was, is it a college or is it a university? It's a university. Uh, I remember we actually got accredited as university when I was there. And I remember that was a speaking point on my tours. I'd be like, we recently got accredited as a university. I gave college tours. I was the face of our school. (laughs) You can imagine that. They chose me. What was your close ratio? Like how many of your students that went on tours actually? If you can believe it, people would actually tell me it was like the best tour they had been on and it would always like I got that feedback multiple times and it would blow my mind because I was so uninterested in it after the first tour (laughs) I was like oh god not this again because you just like walk around campus for an hour um I have more I mean I have memories of giving tours but I can't tell you what our annual culture was I mean we had like same events every year but I couldn't tell you something we took in every time sorry yeah that's fair no no that's okay I mean like I I came from kind of the opposite side of um, school size, right? Like my university was enormous, huge undergraduate and, and postgraduate, uh, student body. And I also didn't participate in anything really. (laughs) I do know that, um, you know, there was an annual tradition to jump in the fountain when the weather was finally warm enough and the fountain was happening and that kind of thing. Right. But beyond your generic homecoming events and, and those kind of things, it wasn't, wasn't anything I could point to personally, which, but I was also, 
an antisocial dweeb yeah. in college. Was. So, so a lot of that is there a reason was, using past tense? Right. Uh, well, it, I, I'm not in college anymore. <laughs> if I was to rejoin, <laughs> if I was to rejoin, I'm sure I would be even more of a loser. But uh, in in St. John's College in Annapolis, Maryland, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the school. Can you say how, can you say that state one? Maryland. Time? You just said Maryland. I can't wait for you to replay this and to hear yourself say Maryland. I probably tell me did. More. Tell me more about uh, St. John's in Maryland. It, is this like when uh, everybody on not from this coast says something like Washington or Oregon? Okay, I did. I did think it was Oregon until I moved yeah. here. I didn't realize. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Maryland, <laughs> Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, so at St. John's College, every year there's this tradition that they participate in, uh, which is a, an enormous sporting event called Spartan Madball, which is a game where the goal is to get a large medicine ball into the opposing team's goal, kind of simple soccer type game, you would think. But there are three rules and only three rules for the game. Uh, the game lasts until three goals, three major injuries, or one death occurs. Oh my God. That's nobody quite the range. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has died uh, to this day at least. But, uh, but that is, that is the game that they, that the student body participates in. And, and when I say student body, I mean, by the time a, at least uh, by the time men graduate, at least 50% of all men at that college will have played the game at least once with a third of them participating every year. And women do play as well, although it is as you can imagine by the description of the game, one that men particularly prefer to play. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have guessed? Wait, right. I have a, can I ask a couple of questions? Yeah, please do. So when they're playing, you said it's like soccer. So are they kicking it? Like I think of a medicine ball and I think like a 25 pound medicine ball. And that's not something I want to be kicking around with my ankles. Are they kicking, passing? So, yeah. So soccer in the sense of, there is a ball and there's a goal to get it into, right? Yeah. So, or at least I guess you compare it to any field turf style sport, rugby, soccer, football to some extent, right? But other than that, no, you can do whatever it takes to take the ball from where it is at the moment into the opposing team's goal. Uh, so there's so, no like traveling, like it can, is it like football too, like where you can tackle someone and pass it? You you can do whatever you want to anybody no on the rules. field. There's there are just... no other rules. I, there are there are a few unwritten bylaws, which which we'll get into at some point. <laughs> um, that is uh, that are ramifications, I guess, of of previous year's events uh but in general the f you can just imagine it's just a mayhem it's hundreds of people on a giant soccer field basically going to war with each other uh punching kicking biting uh jumping on each other piling on there's there was one account of um, a group of people who would stand at the periphery, like would not be going at the ball. So you can imagine a giant scrum for this medicine ball somewhere in the field, people dogpiling each other and people standing in the periphery waiting for the opportunity for somebody they dislike at the college to be exposed in this scrum and then to jump on them and start punching them in the head, kicking them. Oh my god! So this is all allowed on like this is all school sanctioned. This is still happening in this the year of twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, right? Um, the school advertises it to some degree. It is if you look at their website, 
and just search for Spartan Madball, you will find references to it in their student magazines, in some of their athletic and student activities, uh, um, brochures and portfolio stuff. So it, yeah, it's not, whether it's sanctioned by the administration or faculty formally, I, I don't know about that, but it's something that is just a tradition that the school participates in. Uh, certainly all the undergraduates do. And and I my understanding is some of the postgraduates, tutors, potentially even some of the faculty participate in it uh, annually. Um, it, it takes place at the end of their school year. So there's they have a weekend that's sense. called Reality Weekend, which I guess is to, to bring you back into the real world and away from your philosophical studies or, or whatever you're, you've been reading. And, and then to take out a year's worth of pent up aggression and stress and anger on, yeah. on other people. We would have spring day every spring and we would have, you know, t- 10 years out of date music concerts. Those mm-hmm. performers would come in and I would get blackout drunk. So in that sense, I also had an annual tradition. Um, <laughs> so, you, so you did have, yeah, you did have a college tradition. <laughs> so I did tradition, have right? a college tradition. Yeah. I was blacking out. Um, but okay. I have a couple more questions. So, I'm really surprised about this, but St. John's, they're also, I'm going to go out on a limb, they're Catholic, right? They're a religious not. school. They're not. They do not have a religious affiliation. So they, I believe when they were founded, now they, they're one of the oldest schools in America. They go, they were founded back in, I have my notes here, 1696. So one of the, yeah, one of the oldest colleges in the United States. And at the time, I think they were related or linked somehow to the Church of England, uh, right? Because this was before the Declaration of right. Independence and, and the Constitution and, and the formation of the United States. So, um, so there was. I think there were links to to the Church of England at the time. Since then, they are no longer a religious school, even though the name still carries St. John's in it. Um, they are instead they're just a, a small liberal arts college. And it, and because it, it was our question earlier about university versus college, it it's a college. They have a set curriculum for every undergraduate that you have to go through. And uh, it essentially covers the Western canon of philosophical and historical, scientific, mathematical, religious, literary, all, all, all of those works that fit into the Western canon, you will be reading and discussing it in your four years there. Um, and that will grant you a bachelor's degree in what they'd refer to as liberal arts, which is essentially a double major in philosophy and history of science as well as a double minor in classical studies and comparative literature. Wait, you don't get to choose your major. You just get It's that a college, double. right? Now, this is what you get. You get a bachelor's degree in liberal arts that covers essentially those, those four degrees. Well, I'm on their site right now, and according, so it says St. John's the Media, and has headlines from different publications, and the first one is, I don't know why they're advertising this. It's called the most contrarian college in America from the New York Times. Um, and then Quartz says St. John's is the most forward thinking future proof college in America. So that's pretty bold. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, they definitely, it de- I mean, I, I don't want to speak to, I, I, I don't have any bad blood. I don't know anything about the college besides what Wikipedia and, you know, their own website. <laughs> their website and, told and you. Yeah. But, it, it does come across as a very, you're kind of your prototypical small liberal arts focused college where your student body is somewhat counterculture. They're very focused on classical work, the romantics, uh, less concerned with, <laughs> to, to borrow a word from 
the worst parts of the internet, but what normies would be interested in, right? Uh, they there's a the Princeton Review <laughs> in 2018 rated the college number 13 in the there's a game category, as in that's how far removed their student body is from paying attention to such menial things as sports, right? So, gotcha. Right. Yeah. So, it, and that's why I think that's what I find it's why, why I find this so fascinating that they have a student body and there I have quotes from some of their students, but a student body that so specifically goes against um, some of these like traditions that we have culturally as certainly as Americans, if, if not as citizens of the world of, of, you know, participating in, in, sports and um, these kind of communal events that aren't necessarily based on some literary analysis. But then they have this tradition once a year where they flip the script and go at each other in the most violent and aggressive and, and caveman like, like method <laughs> to, to, well, it's like to get all the frustrations It sounds like, it's yeah. like, you know, you live this pious, I know I'm, shouldn't say pious is probably the wrong word for this but you live kind of a a certain lifestyle it sounds like holistic and um from what you've described and yeah that one day a year you get to cheat and you go all out um and it i have a question that i meant i meant to ask at the beginning so you said the three rules are it ends by three points three injuries or death how many have if and no one's died yet so do you know the percentage split of how many games have uh, had to end in injury before it's ended in points. I don't. I wish I did. They don't have. They don't, don't make that publicly yeah, available. No, it doesn't seem like they they publish those scores. They don't have, uh, like for all of our fantasy fans out there, like you can't play fantasy Madden's, uh, fantasy Spartan Madball, unfortunately. Um, so it is. Yeah, it it's somewhat close to the vest. What they do say is, um. There's a couple of things. So I, people do end up in the hospital for that's that's a definite not not a hypothetical thing that happens. Um, in fact, uh, a couple of years ago, my understanding is someone who was not participating, what was their photograph in the event, just got completely taken out and had to be um, evacuated in an ambulance to a hospital. <laughs> I'm sure the local hospital hates them. They're like, oh, God, this thing again. Like, every year they get people coming in, and their ER department is like, what the hell, guys? But the insurance companies love them. Love them. <laughs> so great. Um, yeah, so so I don't have I don't have the breakdown. All I know is that no one has actually died, uh, but injuries are extremely common. In, in recent years, and this is an uh, indication of the complete nanny state we live in, in recent years, they they have actually... Uh, started to introduce the concept of violence referees because the game has gotten so extreme in the level of violence that they need people who actually finally finally ask the uh, pause play and ask people to kind of set aside set their their fights aside and, and break that up so are they so the referees they just break up a fight when it's getting too intense or are they like you know, monitoring some objective level. Of, <laughs> yeah. No, because you, you said biting and yeah. kicking and yeah. punching are allowed. So, I, so what's what's the line here if that's allowed? Yet we're all of a sudden introducing violence referees. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know that they have a formal NFL style rule book of you know <laughs> this this is a penalty versus this is play on. But uh, but it, I think it is somewhat subjective based on like you, there, I think there's one video you can find of this on YouTube. It, it is actually from the San Jose campus, not the 
Maryland campus. Um, they so, but in, in that campus, they, there's apparently some even even within the subculture, there's differences there. In the Mar- sorry, in the San Jose campus, they play with a rubber ball versus a medicine ball. So you Sounds can see better. in the video, it gets thrown around a little bit more more freely. But um, but it's pretty violent, even in the video. Uh, and so you can see just kind of a, a crowd of people uh, and and the spectators who are in encouraging them <laughs> vocally uh and i don't i i haven't seen a like it was it's only like a two minute clip but i didn't notice a violence referee in that and that was relatively recent so i don't know exactly what their role is what how they are marked do they wear the black and white stripes right or right. or or something or something else do they have a whistle i don't know what the powers that that be um are, are that what what powers they have but uh but I just know that they they had to implement that, I guess, based on how violent the game has trended since its original creation way back in the 60s. Like, that's, that's how long this tradition has been happening. Well, I like to imagine the referee is either uh, a professor or, like, a nerdy kid who can't play. And, you know, they're like, well, I'll be involved in this way. I don't know. You really got to respect the violence right. referee. And I'm curious uh, the makeup of um, those people. That. The uh, the prototypical nerd with the respirator or, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, with asthma on the sideline. Yeah, I I don't know. but And I don't know how many of them there are. Um, but, it, yeah, but it's a violent game. Um, Does it say how many people turn out? So you said half of the guys who go there play at least one game. And it sounds like there are no rules. So I assume it's just a free-for-all. There's no limit yeah. on people. Is could you glean from the videos or what you read, like a hundred people on the field, five hundred? Yeah. So there's there's two hundred twenty five men in the student body, is my understanding. In the student body at the at the college, not wait, not that's the field in four in a four year college, two hundred twenty five people in total. That is what uh, I think it was Washington Post. That's one uh, one article reported. This was as of. 2000 ish maybe early 2000 so i don't know this school might have grown since then okay. but at, at least in the last two decades it was uh just a couple hundred men and then presumably i don't actually know this, the gender split of, of the school but i would have assumed it's probably roughly equal but so of the 225 men across all four undergraduate years about 80 to 100 of them will participate uh, in a given year. So again, 50% will play at least once before they graduate. Um, but, you know, a good quarter to a third of people will play um, every single year. A third, third of men will play every single year. And then you do, like I said, you do have some women who are um, particularly brave or stupid. I'm not sure which uh, to join in the fray. Um, tutors, Naval Academy shipmen will sometimes join. Um, oh, yeah. I assume that's a ringer of some sort that, that comes into the brawl. Well, yeah, because they're near, um, well, the Annapolis, yeah, the Naval Academy, right? Right, right. So I, I, I guess, I, so it's not even clear to me that it, it's exclusively something that is only allowed, like you have to have a student ID card to play, right? It just like, might can be I show up? a brawl. <laughs> it, I, I'm not, I don't think they would stop you. <laughs> However, allow me to read a quote from a woman who did join <laughs> All the right, play one year. Uh, in Iva Ziza, uh, who was a 2001 graduate, uh, played once as a sophomore. She avoided the ball intentionally because of the scrums <laughs> around it, but it came toward her anyway with a dozen men charging after it. 
One of them smacked her into the ground, but she fortunately escaped without any injuries. Quote, that was the scariest moment of my life. Uh, Ziza said uh, she did not play again. <laughs> Just, it's not funny, but I can't help but laugh because I can literally like picture it or being in her shoes. And <laughs> I have the mental imagery yeah. of just that happening. And, you know, I'm sure like the shock on her face that I can totally picture what that's like. It's funny because I feel I'm trying to think if I would do that. In, in yeah. If you would participate. But, yeah, I feel, I feel like you would. Like, I feel I don't like wanna, I would, too. I feel like you'd play like at I least would, once. I yeah. feel like I would have a story for you if the yeah. if I had gone there. Would you have done it? I think you wouldn't have, probably. I, it's hard to like it. it in my university, if they did this, no, absolutely not. Right, that would have uh, again betrayed my complete social ineptitude. I would have, I would have assumed that's the game some idiots in a frat would be playing. Right. Well, I right. was the the cool nerdy kid with two TVs with Xboxes on each of them. Right. Like, <laughs> why do you need two Xboxes? Is it for friends? Yeah, well, I, my roommate and I each, right, we're side by side, so we didn't have to share a screen. Well, I'm not, it's not making me cooler, I know. But, <laughs> uh, but in a school as small as that, right, like where you're probably more in touch with the whole community, I think I'd probably give it a shot one year, uh, if if only because peer pressure would, would pull me into it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's a good point about, again, the size and, you know, the fact you probably, you, you would definitely know everybody in that community. Yeah, right. I feel like there would be some sort of social pressure, but it's like a rite of passage. I'm almost, I'm also equally intrigued by the people who choose not to in, in some, yeah. in some capacity. How do you get out of that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's the logical choice from everything you've said. It's logical I mean, not to, but to <laughs> still not do it is kind of a surprising choice. If you're, if you're Ziza who had to your point, the, uh, the Simba as the stampede is coming at him moment. Simba. Right. <laughs> right. Like I, yeah, I, I think having had that once, you probably don't need to come back. But for for twenty five percent of the the campus, that's not the case. Apparently, uh, the the Washington Post has a has a good description of of fight. Uh, it says, "quote When the ball gets loose, everyone jumps on it with brutal intensity. The people grappling over the ball are crushed by dozens of bodies piling on top, shoving, kicking, punching, scratching, biting. Those on the bottom can't move." can't breathe those on the top ruthlessly claw their way through a wall of flesh and bone there can be no mercy in mad ball i mean is that not similar to rugby in some way i will fully admit like i i don't think i've ever seen a rugby game as someone who loves football but like weirdly i don't think i've ever seen rugby but i mean to your point it sounds very similar dog piling on the ball and from what i've read or heard i feel like you know, people can take cheap shots in there. It's just right. a little more monitored in rugby. And you and I are both fans of American football, and and thanks for we, clarifying. And, We're going to well, have a lot of British listeners Jordan. for for all our uh, for all our global <laughs> listeners. Um, but for you know, there's there's so many descriptions from current and former players of what happens at the bottom of just an, like an NFL dog pile, right? Yeah, that's true. There's like eye gouging each other. and fish hooking. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so to your point, yeah, I, I think that this somewhat is in the norm of like gridiron type sports, but at the same time, if you watch the video or even just read other descriptions, this isn't just happening at the, at the ball, right? Like this isn't just people attacking to get the ball. This is people just attacking each other and using the ball and the game as an excuse to essentially oh. have a giant free for all, right? This, this, 
it starts being about the game and the game is more of a construct to allow aggression is kind of how I read it. Um, yeah. And it's funny, like if you look at the name of it right now, Zack Snyder has pretty much destroyed our cultural understanding of, of Spartans. Right. And yeah. well, something between Zack Snyder and, and the halo franchise, but, but like, you know, e- even the name of it dating back to the sixties, right. When, when neither of those were in the, um, forefront of, of of nerd culture the name spartan right clearly you know is a clear reference to sparta and the idea of training warriors since birth uh so even even within how they structure the game it's still within this very uh literary and like western canon work perspective of mm-hmm. how they think about sport right spartan madball the the two teams that so there are two teams right but the two teams that get divided up are divided into uh by team names which are the means and these are the junior sophomore teams right so the junior and yeah. sophomores are bundled into one team they're the the means and then you so the average and then you've got the freshmen and seniors on a team and those are the extremes right which is a complete huh. a complete uh uh use of uh it's it's a euclidean way of thinking about uh about geometry right yeah so the point is they they even even with how they separate out their teams um they they find ways of incorporating their kind of very specific school culture into the into that right yeah i was gonna say the naming of the team it's a lot the teams uh is a lot more thoughtful than i would have ever imagined um it's kind it's pretty clever yeah but the I agree with that. The what's funny to me though is while the naming is clever, the way they divide teams is the same methodology I used when sorting out what teams I wanted to play with with the other neighborhood kids when I was a kid, <laughs> right? Like averaging ages out and saying that yeah. makes the teams even. Yeah. We would have a like I would always I was one of the older kids in the neighborhood, so whenever I wanted to play capture the flag, I wanted to play with the kids my age on my team. Wait, and did so, you play capture the flag with like your neighborhood? kids yeah did you not grow up in the prototypical suburban experience where there was a bunch of neighborhood latchkey kids spending all day outside together no i grew up in the sticks i had no (laughs) i had no neighbors i did well i did have i lived next on one side there was a blueberry farm and the other side was a crack house so (laughs) that was that was where i lived yeah that so no, I wasn't playing. Yeah, I wasn't playing. There was one girl who moved in for like two years and I became friends with her, but I guess her mom stole money from us. So I didn't get to be friends with she her for much for the longer. Crack or for the blueberries? No, she wasn't in the crack house. It was something yeah. something entirely different. So I wasn't playing. I did play Capture the Flag at school, but not not in the neighborhood, Jordan. Yeah, I had the uh I, yeah, I had the kind of the very prototypical American, like 1950s Leave It to Beaver type experience, right? Like we we had, I would, I lived in a cul-de-sac. We had a bunch of safe blocks around us, so many kids of different ages. And so, especially in the summer, it would be get kicked out after breakfast, come in by sunset or whenever someone's yelling about dinner and we all would just be playing games all day out out in, in all the streets. Yeah, same, except I was alone because I was the only <laughs> child, and my parents were just like, go entertain yourself. Like, okay. Right. Well, 
I mean, yeah, that you weren't loved the way I was, clearly. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Um, But no, so when, because I was an older kid, that, you know, naturally I was a ringleader and got to kind of influence. But yeah, uh, as an older kid, you always picked like, you're like, well, take the younger kids, but you were stacked because you had the oldest kids too. Yeah, exactly. So so what we would do is we'd say, like, well, I'm 11 and my friend Steve is nine. That means collectively we're 20 years old. So you six kids together, if we add your ages, you're also 20. It's great. <laughs> it doesn't logic. matter that you're all four and five years old, like you're on the other team, right? And so now it's even. I would say, yeah. I think that's a little more extreme than the college discrepancy, but you're right. Like a freshman is pretty small compared to a senior, junior, sophomore. I mean, I'm talking straight averages here, but have you been to a a college recently though? They all look like tiny people. I I was just thinking, well, I was thinking that when we were joking about, I could go join it. I was like, I, I could fit in. Right. And I don't think so. You really do. You know, they do look like babies. It's so yeah. it's so weird. And I think being in college was the first time I felt like an adult. And I look back like, gosh, you look, yeah, they, they yeah. look like kids. I think because yeah. I, I live close to our local college, right? So I see college age kids yeah. from time to time. And yeah, you can just, there is something different in the way you look um, at, at that age. You can tell they, they're still young. When you, when you were in that age, and I, I'm guessing, at least for me, I... I felt I look so much more mature and people at, at school look so much more mature than high schoolers, right? Like my, yeah, my yep. younger, my younger sibling was in high school still. And then my youngest sibling was uh, still in high school at the time I graduated even. And it was just night and day in my head. But looking at now, if I, I see them, I don't know that I can tell the difference between a high schooler and a college student a lot of the time. They, they everyone just looks seems so young to me and I'm 34. That's which fair. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, do you think, so that's, that's funny because I always felt the same way. Like when I was in high school, I felt like finally, obviously, like it looked like a high school or like that graduation of your appearance. Um, but I agree. Looking back, I don't know that I could tell the difference necessarily. And yeah. at the time, kind of the inverse is like you think a 30 year old looks really old. And obviously now I'm like, we're and so obviously young. We, and obviously <laughs> we were right because we look so old. <laughs> I don't look old. I think I could I, I could blend in. Don't. Jordan, just tell me I look young. Um, but do you think when we're like 10 years from now, we're in our 40s, we'll think we look like babies now? I hope so. <laughs> you know. hope Are, so? I hope I, I look exactly the same. Yeah, that's what I, well, that's fair. Um, I, I guess I hope that I really do look young today and it's going to, even if it takes me 10 years to realize it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is you never realize it in the moment. It's always in hindsight in 2020. And we were talking about this and now we're on a tangent now, but we were talking about this the other day, right? Is you look back of photos when you're younger and you just, you see yourself with truly different eyes. So yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what I look back on. Cause I don't have that same perspective about age, older people that I used to, like I have, 40 year olds on my team and I don't think they look old. Right. I'm just, right. I think we look probably similar ish. Yeah. You start to eat better for them or worse for me. (laughs) Yeah. You start to equalize at a certain point in adulthood. So, but anyway, there's a, um, somebody I work with, um, who I've worked with for close to 10 years now and, uh, he's retiring this year and granted he's taking, uh, he's retiring earlier than normal person, you know, would retire. So, you know, he's on the younger side, but still the, when he announced his retirement, I was kind of shell shocked. I'm like, in my head, you're like maybe a couple years older than me. (laughs) Um, 
but but clearly that you know clearly yeah it's it's for different people that that youth lasts longer or or sometimes not as long but but i hope i'm in the uh the longer category yeah but going back to our original topic yeah i i think if i put myself back in my shoes as a freshman in college i would be like seniors seemed a lot older right yeah maybe not as much as they did in high school necessarily but they you know they're older they they're allowed to drink right yeah there's that and i think it's when you come in as a freshman there's there's also the the you're the you're this is the first time you've been out of the house right this is the first time you're part of the adult world essentially you're no longer in high school with people who frankly are just starting puberty to some degree right on the other end of it right now um, you're so out on your own and you can make decisions like exactly getting punched and, in the face <laughs> like like volunteering to go into a violent brawl but but the point is when you're now paired with somebody who's on the other end of the college experience who's about to enter the working world right it, it, it's it is a very big um maturity shift i mean like not not in maturity in the sense of like an, a freshman is an immature person but just in terms of life experience like even those four years in college makes a very big difference from somebody yeah. yeah exactly um there is speaking of freshmen they have a there's like an urban legend i guess that if a freshman team ends up winning in their first year so you know paired with the seniors but if they if they win in their first year they will win all four years Oh, um, going forward, uh, which, of course, doesn't like means which means like they will win their senior year, which means another freshman team would have to win. Right? Yeah, that means <laughs> like, juniors and seniors have or juniors and yeah. sophomores have never won. That's right. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I, I find it hard to believe that urban urban legend is true. Um, but uh, but, you know, that is something that they they speak of. I, I mentioned earlier, there's also unwritten rules of the game. Yeah. Uh, so two two of them are going to make pretty obvious sense. The other two, a little less so. So the first one is no shoes. So it is very, it is truly very Spartan, which I guess they probably wore sandals of some sort, but you that go barefoot. Awful. Like I think of every contact sport I've ever played or just being on a field. And especially if people can dogpile you and people can just. You would rather them have metal cleats on? Not cleats, but sneakers. <laughs> they don't want, like the cleats yeah. hurt. Sure. But. I don't know, just some layer of protection between my foot and theirs. I guess a barefoot you, and a barefoot is. You I also have hurt. a thing about feet, so I oh, I don't like people near my feet. Gross. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so no shoes, no weapons. That's I don't, a good rule. That is a good I'm rule. Glad we stated that. Uh, I I assume the uh, the bicep guns are allowed, but beyond that, yeah, no no other weapons, but. The the my two favorite unwritten rules uh, are no motorized vehicles. <laughs> I, I assume that was only came that only came up because someone brought a motorized vehicle right. one year. Like all these rules, I'm guessing exist because someone did it. And they're like someone broke it. Yeah, someone broke the kind of the yeah the unwritten. So they had to write the write the unwritten rule down. <laughs> but yeah, someone one year attempted to win by using a jeep to drive oh through God. people on the field. <laughs> bold i like it that jeep was promptly toppled over oh so, my god yeah so i can only imagine with the insurance company like when that when that claim adjuster showed up yeah my car is on its side broken <laughs> broken side view mirror because i needed to win spartan madball like i i don't know that that would be covered would that be covered i don't know yeah yeah um the other the other fun rule is 
no livestock. Uh, apparently, one year a student tried to herd some sheep onto the field to use as an obstacle. That's actually fucking brilliant because it's yeah. pretty mild. I was thinking like maybe a cow or a pig. I didn't like what do you do with it or a horse or something. But just herding sheep. I, the thing that's coming to mind. Have you ever seen? Um, I feel like you have uh, three ten to Yuma. Oh yeah, I have seen three ten to Yuma. Yeah, but the 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 most current version, right? Christian Most Bale current version. version. Yeah. Christian Bale, beautiful man. Russell Crowe, beautiful man. Yep. Um, but at the end, there is kind of a, a peak scene where that happens. Or they're trying to deter the bad guy and someone shoots a gun and it to herd. Maybe it is cows in that one or sheep or something. I think it might be cows because they end up trampling the the bad guy. But that's what's coming to my mind. Like, that's kind of brilliant. Sheep are pretty benign. Yeah. I don't think. I wonder if anyone got injured from that. But that's that's smart. Also, how do you transport it? Like, how did he I know, bring I a was truck full thing. of sheep? Did he like herd them, you know, miles down the road? I don't have conclusive proof, but in my head, he had a pig that I used to. There's a babe reference I'm trying to make here. I'm not going to be able to get there, but I have no idea how he got the sheep there. But I I would have loved to witness this shepherd <laughs> heard heard a group of sheep onto the field in the middle of the scrum uh and then what people's reaction like would you would you get violent around the sheep i no, probably wouldn't a, no but apparently they have no rules in this game i wonder if a right. sheep died yeah well i don't know the de- it says says one no you know ends after one death but i don't know that that includes livestock or not yeah, I don't know. Like, I like to think people would calm down, but it sounds like it's a very high energy adrenaline game. And I don't know, you have that mob mentality, right? Especially in sports. So I could see that as as brilliant as I think that was in some regards, I'm sure some sheeping, some sheep were harmed <laughs> in the making of that video. Sheeping, I don't know. It would have been a bad experience for them. Um. <laughs> oh my God. Really? Did you plan that one? No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I had it for the last couple seconds. I was waiting for you to stop talking so I could <laughs> drop well, crushed, it. Yeah. Crushed it. Um, no, so I, just overall, like, it, there's lots of quotes just from their students. And they, you know, one sophomore said after a match, you could smell the sweat and the blood. It's a way to get in touch with your spirit. Uh, a freshman said it was like the Iliad almost without the javelins. Uh, they talk about courage and being great. And you don't get a sense of that in your regular life. And it just makes you want to reach for something more. I guess this is what the col- what college is all about, reaching for greatness. <laughs> I want to hear other quotes from people. I want to hear like that girl at the beginning, people who didn't yeah. enjoy their experience in Madball. Uh I I only have people who loved it. (laughs) It Interesting. I feel like there's some uh, adverse selection there. It's, I mean, it's, it is biased because most of the articles that exist about it, right. That either are either published from the student news, like school newspaper itself. Right. right? And and it's it's somewhat, it's somewhat promotional and, or there's like a Washington post article, like I mentioned, and, and kind of various things like that, where it's, you know, it's, it's, it looks fondly at the college experience as older people who write news articles often do. Right. Um, but it is, it's just, it's fascinating because it is the, the quotes that you do get outside of people who were in the game, but about, you know, sports, for example, are, are so much more dismissive, right? Um, a sophomore named Nicholas Alexandra, a couple years ago said something, 
said, quote, there are a couple of really weird people who do athletic stuff. But the rest of us just sit around smoking cigarettes and thinking. <laughs> smoking cigarettes and thinking. Nice. Yeah, appa- apparently there's a preponderance of smokers, um, something something the students attribute to kind of the intensity of their actual program. But in, the, the point being that, you know, this is, it is so clearly and and not subtly an outlet for right. for the intensity of and the and the subject matter of what they're doing, right? Um, and it just it's interesting to see that manifest. It just you mentioned earlier that it you, it reminded you of uh, Rumspringa and and kind of what it's like to be an Amish person. Like I, I my thought was more around Burning Man. Right, which I know has like this whole bohemian and kind of art scene to it, but at the same time, yeah. you know, there's all these uh, white collar tech workers now that use it as this outlet to kind of break away from their, you know, their uh, cubicle walls and and yeah. and Microsoft Teams meetings <laughs> yeah. to to kind of kind of just let out and, and have this primal way of being around other people that that is so different from their normal life. So that that's kind of what I get when I the, the kind of the impression I got when reading all this these quotes from the students that actually participate in it. That's probably a more apt analogy, that's fair. Would you ever do you have any interest in Burning Man? I feel like you're a hard no. I don't think so. I we we you and I have a couple of mutual friends who have been to Burning Man. Um, really? Can we talk yeah. about who after? Yeah, we certainly can, but um Really? I think we I do. have a guess, but huh. Okay. Yeah. I think you'd probably guess at least one of them. Um, the other one you might not know, but, uh, <laughs> and, and I don't, you know, it's not a, it's not something I fault people for enjoying. I just don't think it would be for me. I'm, yeah. I, it's, I think, I think it's an experience that would be extremely interesting to see on the outside, but I don't think it's, it's something like I don't feel that it would be right to go there as an observer. Like you go there to participate. Don't right. don't just yeah, you treat it like, <laughs> like a, a zoo. Sport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need to participate. Yeah. So would you? I mess you totally would. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I totally would. I would do I would do anything. <laughs> but at the same time, like of all the festivals and kind of like things that are out there, I don't know if that would be my first choice just from I've some people I've known who have gone to it are some of the most excruciating people you can imagine. Um, yeah, that, so, that bears true for the person I'm thinking of too. <laughs> Perfect. There's <laughs> um, some of the most like excruciating people you can imagine. I feel like uh, I get the appeal of what you just described, right? Breaking free yeah. the, from the norms and traditions. I like a hundred percent for it. But from what I've read, it's like in the middle of the desert, right? So it's dusty as fuck. And I've read <laughs> there's no showers. And so you're just right. like camping and I like to camp and hike. Right. But I don't yeah. want to be like partying all day in the desert and covered in sand and dirt and going to bed. That's just it's a Shitting weird your brains out in between. Like, it's so gross. And yeah. then with like festivals, my other thing as a 30 year old now is I can't, I can't, I feel like I'm too old to like day drink all day and do drugs. And like, that doesn't, that seems like a, something a younger person, a younger me would have done and enjoy right. like truly right. immersing in the party culture of it. But at the same time, I feel like that would be excruciating sober and I don't know how else I could do it, but with drugs and alcohol. So, uh, I don't know. Um, I'd probably do it. I would say yes to anything once, but I don't, it does. I don't know if the appeal is there for me as it is for other people, but I'd still do it. I know what you're saying though. Like considering, 
the other day, I was essentially hung over three hours after drinking a couple glasses of wine. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it, the idea of extending that so significantly over multiple days, especially, I, I don't know that I could, I could survive that anymore. Yeah. So I have, I guess maybe, unless you have more, one kind of closing question for you. Yeah. Uh, how did you find out about this? How did you stumble upon the subculture and uh, this event? Uh, Browsing the local college news. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I just like to look at undergraduate co-ed activities um, in my spare time. No. Yeah. Uh, there, <laughs> that there, tracks. There is a uh, a brilliant subreddit called the Ocho uh, that is based on the hit Vince Vaughn Ben Stiller movie Dodgeball and the specific right. ESPN eight the Ocho reference that 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 movie has um, and so it, it posts about uh, people post there about kind of obscure sporting activities. There's amazing things that people will get up to in their time that you can gotcha. you can see on the Ocho subreddit uh but this was kind of a random post that i found from several years ago uh with very few comments on it but it, it just fascinated me so much and so i i went digging more into it and uh i was i was extremely uh interested and pleased with what i found yeah so, to everyone at st john's college who participate in spartan madball thanks for Thanks for sharing a little bit about your subcultures so that we could talk about it today. Yeah, email us and tell us more about it because I'm, I'm pretty fascinated. And that's Spartan Madball. I said San Jose campus when referring to the other, the other campus. It is Santa Fe, and I'm an idiot who doesn't understand geography. Uh, if you want to violently express your feelings to us in written form, you can reach out to us on Instagram. We are at Subscurity Podcast. We're also on the Twitter. Our handle is at Subscurity Pod. And if you like the old school World Wide Web, we are on the website, Subscurity.com. Our intro and outro music is We're Better Together by Go Mordecai. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>